Hi, everybody. I am Mark, and this is my wife, Kara. And we have three little kids. And this isn't one of them, but she sure is cute. And uh, we are the lead pastors here at Impact Rock. Um, Jesus is the senior pastor. Um, this is his church. Uh, we are the lead pastors. We lead you to Jesus. We point you to Jesus. Every week in this place, we preach Jesus. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Every week we preach Jesus. That's why we're here. I love what our worship team did tonight, just to kind of reset our focus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. All too often we make church about us, and we're awesome. You guys are awesome. We're awesome. Together we're awesome. But it's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. How cool is it that we get to serve the king? We get to serve the king. He is just. He is awesome. He is mighty. And we get to serve him. Love it. I love doing this. I do. I uh, want to do a quick announcement. Uh, the Canis family, Anthony and Christine, and then little Haley and Ethan, um, they uh, have, uh, they, we communicated this week, and they're like, hey, we want to make it official. This is our church home. We are here. We are there. We want to be plugged in. We want to work. We're home. So let's welcome the Canis family to the Impact Rock family. We love you guys, and we are thrilled. <laughs> Praise God. Um, Michael touched on it. You guys, if you're a guest with us, um, we don't all dress alike. We're not like, you know, triplets all wearing like little matching sailor outfits. You know, um, today was the Erie Town Fair. And so we've been together as a group <laughs> since like six o'clock, um, which, by the way, if you have been with us since six o'clock this morning, we applaud you. Thank you. You are awesome. You are studs. Um, and we are grateful. But the, the Erie Town Fair uh, was today, and uh, the Erie Town Fair was very cool. We have an awesome town. Isn't this a great town we live in? If you're listening on the podcast, that was silent applause, because we're all very excited. We love this town. All right. But it was cool. Yeah. Erie, go Erie. Um, it was cool. It was just cool being out there. And we had a booth, and we were, you know, handing out you know, little things for the kids and handing out invitations to church. Um, we got to pray with somebody. But once again, um, it's our opportunity to get out there in the community and let people know that there's a, a group of people that love God and that love them. And so that was kind of a reoccurring theme. Hey, I want to invite you to a church. We love God and we love each other. Um, so we serve an awesome God. Uh, I've been preaching on... Uh, Evangelism, and we're going to continue on evangelism. And just as we did in worship, let's reset our focus 100% on Christ. When we are talking about evangelism, all too often we, if it's not a strength of ours, or I guess even if it is a strength of ours, too often with evangelism we make it about us. If it's a strength of ours, we make it about us because, you know, we're just passionate about it and love to do it. But if it's not a strength of ours, it's easy to make it about us because we think about the ways that it's hard for us or our insecurities take over or our, our fears or whatever. Um, so let's just reset our focus on Christ and let's, let's do that in prayer. So let's just pray together. 
Jesus Christ, we look to you. Our example. Our Savior. We set our focus, we set our sights and our minds and our heart and our attention on you. And Lord, we ask you to, to speak and to guide us and to grow us and to teach us. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. You have free reign in this place. Do your thing. Do that awesome thing that you do where you just take the word and let it go straight to our heart. Lord, as an act of my will, Lord, I just yield to you, Father, and I ask you to have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been on a series, um, it's called Heritage, and we've been preaching this since February, since the beginning of February. And it's important that we uh, have been doing this series because this series is all about talking about who we are as a church, not just right now, but what are we leaving behind? What are the legacy that we're leaving behind? When people come in and go, what are you guys all about? That's what we've been preaching on, what we're all about. And, and let's just make it totally clear. It's all about Jesus. Listen to the three headings that all of the sermons have, have gone under, okay? One, profound love for God. Two, genuine love for his church. And the third, demonstrative love for his lost. Tell me that's not Jesus. That's Jesus Christ. We follow his example. This church follows the example of Jesus Christ. So we're on the phase called demonstrative love for his lost. And church, we are called to demonstrate the Father's love to his lost. We do it in our actions. We do it in our words. We came up with a, just a simple definition for evangelism. And, and we have it right here. This is our definition of evangelism. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through our actions, words, and life, all motivated by God's love and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? It's so good. Let's read it again. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through our actions, words, and life, all motivated by God's love and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's important. We're motivated by God's love. That's why we do it. Because we love him, and he loves us, and he loves a lost and hurting world that needs to know his love. And we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. That is liberating. Find liberty in that right now. That's good stuff. It's not on us. It's not on our strengths or our weaknesses. We, we do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is a powerful thing. You know, I, I say it all the time. How cool is it that Jesus, before he, before he ascended, he said, hey, it's better that I go away. It is better that I go away. Because if I don't, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. So Jesus ascended. The Holy Spirit came and guides us into all truth. We walk in power through the Holy Spirit. So power to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to read one of the most powerful, most important, most instructive scriptures on evangelism. That passage is 1 Peter 3, 15. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. And we're going to camp on this scripture. We're going to camp here. We're going to dissect it. We're going to break it down. We're going to define it because we need to know this. Church, when it comes to evangelism, we need to know this passage. So here's this passage. 1 Peter three fifteen. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer 
to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is my favorite passage on evangelism. This is my favorite passage. So we're just going to go ahead and break it down. It says at the beginning, but in your hearts, set is that a little better? I'm not going to repeat all that. If we didn't catch it on our recording, that's all right. We're going to upload the notes anyway. They can read the notes. In our hearts, in the center of who we are, acknowledge with deep reverence that Jesus is Lord. He's the boss. His decision goes. He is in control. When we start this passage on evangelism, with reverence, with acknowledgement, we have to decide. We have to declare, Lord, you're boss. You are in control, not me. Lord, you're in control. Your decision goes. Lord, what you want goes. I belong to you and you're in control. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. Always be prepared. Be equipped. Be ready. Church, that's what this is right now. This is equipping. Let's be totally clear. That had like a little Boston thing, huh? Be totally. Maybe that's not Boston. Maybe that's like Wisconsin. Be prepared. This is equipping. We are called to do this. We're called to do this. Not just the pastor. Not just those who, you know, like to talk and have really big mouths and maybe you're pretty good at, you know, sharing your faith. All of us are called to do this. This is equipping. We have to be prepared to give an answer. That word, to give an answer, in the word is apologia. That's where we get apologetics. Do you guys know what apologetics are? Apologetics is the branch of theology concerned with the defense or proof of Christianity. So if you, like, are really, I mean, you love to argue, you know, you are very lawyeristic and, you know, you're very intellectual, you probably love apologetics. You love arguing this. But, but the good news is, we are called to give an answer, but we're not called to convince them. The burden of convincing doesn't fall upon us. We're just called to give an answer. We're, more specifically, we're called to point them to the answer. We're called to point them to the answer. Too many times, maybe we've read this passage and we think, oh no, you know, all this pressure on me to give an answer. No. There's no burden of, of there's no weight upon us in this. We point them to Jesus Christ. Maybe as we do so, maybe they're ready to hear from him. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're, they're, they've been, seeds have been planted in their life and they're ready to hear just a little bit and that's what you've got. Or maybe they're at the end of that, that cycle and they're ready to completely give their lives to the Lord. Praise God. You know, that's, that's normally not where we're at in evangelism. Normally that's, you know, that rare opportunity we have to lead someone to Christ. But we are called to give an answer. To point them of the answer. We're not co called to convince them of Jesus, but we are called to share with them why we are convinced of Jesus. We don't have to convince them. All we got to do is let them know why we're convinced. 
Pretty simple, right? Don't we overcomplicate things way too often? Oh, but Pastor, I, I don't I don't I don't have these scriptures memorized. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You've got Jesus in you. Let it come forth. Let it just be real. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. To everyone who asks you. You know what's cool about this? You know what this shows me? That they're going to ask us. That they're going to ask us. That we don't have to beat them down. We don't have to run them down. Now, today, I ran them down. Man, I was... I, I had cards. I had a stack of cards. I had boxes of cards. So I'm like, you know, I'd step out in the aisle. Hey, you know, buddy, can I give you a card? No, thanks. That's all right. I, I'm not just, here's one. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I had some real good conversations that way. And guys, would, you know, I'd sit there walking with them. Are you sure? You know, because this is, you know, you want a magnet? You want a sticker? So now, but in evangelism, I wouldn't do that. You know, in evangelism, more often than not, the times I share Jesus, they, they come and they show a willingness and openness. They ask. The Holy Spirit draws them to the Father. You're going to have people ask you for an answer. Now, it might not be those terms. It might not be, hey, give me an answer. But they're going to ask. They're going to ask you to tell them about God. They're going to ask why why do you believe in God? Which the translation of that, by the way, is why should I believe in God? When the Holy Spirit's drawing them and they're asking us what we believe, what they're really asking is, give me a reason to believe. Convince me of something that would allow me to place my trust in Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit's drawing them, we do our part and then he does the rest. It's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. But we do have a part. In case you haven't followed the pattern here, I'm just going to read like the whole chapter again and again. It's really good because we'll get it. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason. For the reason. That word is logos. And I'm going to read the definition of that Greek word logos because this is very important. So this word, Logos, it's translated as this. If you have a Strong's Concordance, follow along with me. If you don't have a Strong's Concordance, you can look it up later. It means of speech, a word uttered by a living voice. What someone has said, the sayings of God, discourse, the act of speaking, speech, anything reported in speech, discussed things spoken of. Are we seeing a recurring pattern here? Speech. Spoken. Words, talk, speak. Okay, we get it, we get it. Do we really get it? Because sometimes people would say, you know, well, I just, you know, I want to worship the Lord with my life. And I'm not really a wordy kind of person, so I'm just going to worship Him. I'm just going to evangelize with my life and not my words. And that's garbage. That's garbage. When we say that, what you know, we're really saying? I'll worship him the way I want. That's, I mean, honestly. 
when we say, I'm not going to worship, I'm not going to evangelize with my words. I'll, I'll leave that to others. I'm just going to let my life be a witness. That's garbage. What we're saying is, I will, I will, I will serve you on my terms. I need a friendly face. Someone smile, and I'm just going to preach to you. So, you know, I'm going to preach to Anthony. He's got a big old grin right now. When we're, when we're saying that, we're saying, Lord, I want to serve you on my terms. I'm going to evangelize on my terms. I'm not willing to yield to you, Lord. I'm not willing to let my insecurities be used. Lord, I want my strengths to be used, but I'm not willing to let my insecurities be used. I'm not willing to let my weaknesses be used. Church, that we, I mean, we've all said that in one way or another, and that's not right. God wants to use our strengths. But so often, he is so glorified when he works through our insecurities and our weaknesses as well. Remember that definition of Lord? He's the boss. Remember that? He's the boss. And we kind of went through every one of these words and spelled it out. It's important that in our heart, we start off and we sanctify ourselves and say, you're the boss. You're the boss. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have. Man, what, what is it about you? You're, you're different. What is it about you? How can you be so happy all the time? How can you, you're so optimistic all the time, you just, I don't get it. I don't know what it is about you, but man, I just, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I can just come hang out with you and you just brighten my day. There's something about you. Anyone ever ask us these questions? Anyone ever ask you those questions? Of course they have. If you've got Jesus inside of you, you hear similar questions to that because people are drawn to what's inside of you. Guess what? These questions are examples of somebody asking you to give the reason for the hope you have. These type of questions, that's what that is. That's what this scripture talks about asking you for the reason for the hope that you have they might not come out and say brother why are you so hopeful all the time you know they're asking questions like man what what is it about you there's something different about you that's what they're asking they're coming and asking what does the word say we have to do what do we have to be prepared when they come to us with those things what do we have to be prepared man guys are really sharp. We have to be prepared. We are absolutely commanded to be prepared to give them an answer that points them to Jesus. And our response, our verbal defense of what we hold to be true and precious and life-changing is supposed to be kind and respectful. And this passage ends with that. Do this with gentleness and respect. So how can we prepare ourselves? How can we be ready and prepared to share the hope of Jesus Christ? First and foremost, we always follow the lead 
of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4.15 in the message says this, God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. So we follow the lead of Jesus Christ. In declaring the whole truth, declaring the whole truth, the truth and nothing but the truth, and doing it in love, do you know there's a word for that? Do you guys know what that word is? You don't want to be so bold as to guess? The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. In love. Testimony. <laughs> that word is testimony. We hear it in a legal sense. That's what that word is. Telling the truth in love. That, as Christians, that's what the definition of this is. We tell the truth in love. That's testimony. When we share our testimony, all we're doing is sharing who Jesus is to us. When we share our testimony, we're sharing the difference that Jesus Christ has made in our life. The beauty of testimony. The beauty of testimony. If you just gave your life to the Lord 20 seconds ago, you've got a testimony. If you don't have a single word in this memorized, you've got a testimony you can share. We have a testimony. If we've given our lives to Christ, then Jesus has made a difference in our life and we have a story to tell. How does the dictionary define testimony? Testimony is a noun. It's the declaration about truth. It's proof. <laughs> yep, that's what we're doing. Yep, that's about it. When we're sharing our testimony, we're declaring the truth. Our story is our proof. Your story is your proof. Your story matters. It doesn't matter if you've got this powerful, action-packed, death-overcoming testimony or if it's something much, much more mild. Your testimony is powerful, it is proof, and it matters. Chuck Swindoll said this. Let's hear this quote. The skeptics may deny your doctrine or attack your church, but he cannot honestly ignore the fact that your life has been changed. Somebody can, somebody can argue this book with us. They can sit there and go, I'm, I'm a theologian, don't know Jesus, but I'm a theologian, and I can, I can argue every word in this book, but they can't argue your testimony. They can't argue the difference Jesus Christ has made in your life and my life. Revelation 12, 11 says this. They overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Church, for us to truly be effective in declaring the truth of Jesus' love, we have to move from self-centeredness to Christ-centeredness. We have to. We have to move from self-centeredness to Christ-centeredness. When we make it all about us and our insecurities and our lack, 
that's being self-centered. I'm not fussing. I'm just telling you the truth. You guys, I'm not, I'm not up here preaching my opinion today. I just want to make that totally clear. I'm not up here preaching my opinion. The reason we have Scripture and that we, we're preaching the Word of God. We have to make it about Christ. We have to make our lives Christ-centered, Christ-focused. We can't love our lives more than we love Jesus Christ. Don't you find that passage interesting? That it was a cooperative effort? I, I, I find this passage in Revelation, if you don't mind, put that passage back up there. Totally interesting. Because it says that Satan was defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Man, that's a very strange thing. That's very strange. Because we know what the blood of the Lamb did. We know what the blood of Jesus did. It changed the world. It conquered Sith, sin and death and but it says the enemy was defeated by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. Why is that? I mean, we, we all know the answer to it. We are called to play a part in this. Jesus Christ isn't going to come down and evangelize everybody. He's going to come back. And by the way, I don't know what time it is. He ain't coming back in like two minutes, okay? We're going to be here. He ain't coming back. Right now, my watch says it's like 5.58, and he ain't coming back. I talked to him. He's like, nah. He kind of laughed. He found it very funny. So he's not coming back right now. And when he does, he's not coming back to evangelize everybody. He's called us to do that. He's called us to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. The answer is that we have a role to play, a vital role we must share. Acts 26.1 says this. And I'm just going to read the first verse. Agrippa, and I'm reading out of the Message Bible, Agrippa spoke directly to Paul, go ahead, tell us about yourself. If you want to know what I'm preaching on next week, Read Acts 26, 4 through 23. Because we have an incredible example in the Word of God of how to share a testimony. We have an incredible example of someone saying, tell us, tell us, show us. Agrippa spoke to Paul. Go ahead, tell us about yourself. And I'm going to go ahead and show a graphic and... We'll correct this graphic for next week so it's more easily readable. But what we see here is B.C., a cross, and A.D. B.C., a cross, and A.D. We're going to see in this passage that we're going to study next week that I encourage you to study this week. Acts 26, 4 through 23. We're going to see Paul share his testimony. We're going to see Paul share B.C. What is What is B.C.? I mean, like we're talking about 400 B.C. What does B.C. mean? Before Christ. We're going to see Paul share his life before Christ. And then the cross. He encountered the cross. Jesus Christ. The work of the cross. And then A.D. My life now. How my life is different. How Jesus changed my life. We're going to see in the Word just a, in a great example of testimony. And we're going to talk about sharing testimony. We're, we're going to equip you on, on how to
to be confident in sharing your testimony. Now, I went to a Christian college, or Roberts University. Woo, Golden Eagles. Um, and when you get a group of Christians together, oftentimes, and they're never, of course, they're never coined this, but, you know, you have testimony contests. Do you ever, you ever been a part of a testimony contest, and you didn't know you were a part until you're like, what the heck? You know, you, someone shares their testimony, and someone goes, Psh, that's nothing. Let me tell you my testimony. All of a sudden, like, the lights go down, and, you know, his voice changes, and, like, lighting effects take place, and some guy shares, like, the most amazing testimony. You, you just found yourself in the midst of a testimony contest. Well, we're not going to have testimony contests because there's not one testimony that's better than a testimony. Your testimony is your life before Christ, and you came, and you encountered Jesus Christ. And your life has changed. Your life is different. If we're totally honest, the, the part that matters is you encounter Christ and your life is different. Really, who cares about the stuff before, right? We all have it. Church, give thought to that. God gave us a brain, right? He totally did give us a brain. Even though I heard one, mm-hmm. He totally did. I know he did. Let's use it. Let's give thought this week. Let's think about the ways that God has changed our life. Let's think about what our life was like prior to Christ. Let's think about that encounter. What brought us to that encounter? Where that we trusted our life. It's a miracle. We trusted our life with Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing. And then let's think about our life after. How Jesus Christ has made a difference in our life. Let's pray. Lord, we are yours. Lord, the whole reason we come together as a church is to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. To look to Jesus, his lead and example. So Lord, that's what we do right now. As we wrap up one week and begin another, we don't do so quickly or hastily or... Lord, we we don't do so without first just fully setting our gaze on Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, we thank you for the plan that you have for our lives. Lord, we thank you that that we're not alone, that we have the Holy Spirit with us to guide us into all truth. Truth of who we are in you, O Lord, and who you are in us. You are mighty. You are great. You are our deliverer, our savior, our counselor, our friend, our father. So, Lord, no one, no one makes us serve you, Lord. We do that willingly. We lay down our lives willingly, placing you at the center of our lives. Father, I pray that you would just be with each one of us, Lord, to grow from self-centered to Christ-centered. Lord, help us to daily set our focus and our attention on you, Lord God, so that we don't look at ourselves or our lack. But, Lord, we look to you and we say, use it all, Lord our entire life, our strengths, our weaknesses, the good, the bad, the ugly. In Jesus' name.